0: Welcome to the Glean Podcast, fastest hour of the week, and we are so glad that you're joining in with us, taking time out of your busy schedule to dive into the Word of God with us, and we're going to dig out some truths that I believe if you apply to your life, they will help you grow in every area of your life, and that's what God wants. God doesn't just want us saved, which is the most important But he wants us to be saved, but be blessed here on this earth while we're here. What better testimony of Jesus Christ is it than that those that serve him are blessed? And part of being blessed is God give us something that grows on the inside of us that helps us to receive those things which God has for us. God wants us to prosper uh, financially you know he wants us to be in health he wants us to have our needs met he wants us to uh you know be able to walk in the fullness in every area of our life no want no lack or need in any area of our life and part of that the key element to that is our faith now last week we talked about things that would help build your faith as far as spending time in the word, prayer, putting your faith to work, action, you know, things like that. And what better way to grow your faith than to activate it? You know, a lot of people think that when you when you pray about something, uh, you pray about it and then you just don't ever think about it again. You just move on. If Well, if God decides to do it for me, then that's fine. He will. I just got to wait on God. Um, You know, and that's why a lot of people miss their blessing or what it is God's wanting to get to them, what they're believing for, because they just haphazardly or halfheartedly pray about it and ask God to do something for them. You know, we've said this many a time, but a lot of people believe, well, I know God did it for so and so, but will God do it for me? And one of the first things that you have to do is settle on the inside of you that if God done anything for anybody else, then he'll do it for you because the word said he's not a respecter of person. What he's done for one, he'll do for another. So if God's ever financially blessed one person, and I know of multitudes, upon multitudes of people that God has financially blessed. And if he's done that for them, then God wants you financially blessed as well. If you're believing God for healing, you know, well, I know God did it for so-and-so. Well, I know multitudes and multitudes of people that God has healed. And if he did it for them, he'll do it for you. Uh, breakthroughs in jobs and deliverance with depression, anxiety, I know multitudes upon multitudes of people that God has blessed with good jobs. He's given them raises that, that maybe didn't deserve or wasn't, uh, wasn't time for. I know people that's dealt with anxiety, worry, and care that God has completely 100% set free. So if he done it for any of them, then the answer is yes, God will do the same thing for you. And just as an example, we, we talked about this past Sunday, if any of you are watching online tonight and you do not attend our church, go back to our last week's Sunday service and watch the testimony of a little girl from Texas. she was two years old and she drowned and uh, she was not supposed to live. She was hooked up to ventilators and all kind of monitors and she died seven times. You hear me? She died seven times. This is documented by the hospital, by doctors. She died seven times, but this church prayed. We put our faith into action. And then we got a report that the little girl come off of the ventilator, but then she was going to have a long recovery and they was worried about the damage to her lungs from the amount of time that she was starved of oxygen. But not only Did her lungs completely heal? Her brain was not damaged. And she, less than two weeks span of dying seven times. That little girl this past Saturday, we got a picture of her. She was at home well, eating a piece of cake with her little brother. Now, I'm going to tell you, that's the kind of God that we serve. And what I want to share tonight, I could go on. We've had so many testimonies recently of how this church has prayed. We've put our faith into action for somebody else, and God has moved, and he has showed up in their life. And I could spend almost this whole podcast telling you stories just in the past few weeks that we, we've received reports of God doing miracles in people's lives. You see, one thing you have to understand is We may be here inside the church in Gleaning Mission Church in Oakboro, North Carolina. I may be sitting in the podcast room, the studio, but the spirit, there is no distance. So wherever you are, it doesn't matter if you're here in North Carolina or if you're all the way across the world or across the United States of America. There is no distance in the spirit. And God, when you put your faith into action, He will step forward and he'll do what his word says. And what I want to talk about tonight is piggybacking off of what we talked about last week in faith. And tonight I want to talk about faith demands a response. And as I said earlier, a lot of people will pray and they'll start out in faith. But then they stop because it don't happen instantly or it takes a while. They get discouraged and think, well, God doesn't want that for me. And well, maybe it wasn't God's will. And, you know, well, I know he did it for one person, but maybe he's not gonna do it for me. But what we want to look at tonight is how to put a response on our faith because it demands it. And if you look in Romans chapter eight, verses or verse thirty-one. It says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, then who can be against us? Notice the first part of that verse. It says, what then shall we say? You see, a response is, is vocal. You're responding and to a situation. And what God is looking at, is, are you responding to, to a situation based on the, the, the facts of the situation, or are you responding to a situation based on the truth of God's word? You see, facts are facts. You know, if a doctor says that you have a disease, then uh, medically that is a fact. But what does the truth of God's word say? You see, the truth will always outweigh, it will always trump or triumph over what facts are. So we understand that we have to say something, but what are we saying? You know, if if tragedy hits, are we saying, well, it always happens to me, or oh God, what am I going to do now? You know, those are natural instincts, but we have to take those natural instincts and we have to do away with them and begin to apply what the word of God says, because he goes on to say there in Romans chapter eight, verse 31, after he said, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, then who you could say, what, you know, who could be against us? Nothing that the enemy has to come against you can trump God's word. If God is for you, then who can be against you? The word of God also says, you know, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm uh, as honest and open as anybody, even though, you know, I preach that. But I remember one time I began to look at that scripture and I said, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And I sat back and I thought, well, you know, there's been some weapons that they've, they've knocked me down. Uh, they've tripped me up. They've caused me to stumble. They've caused me to question my salvation or at times my faith. And so I began to do a word study. And in the Greek, what that actually means is no weapon formed against me shall prosper. The word prosper there actually means to fulfill It's appointed in. So now I look at it a little different. Yeah, there's been some weapons that knocked me down, but thank God with his grace and his mercy, I got back up. With my faith in God's word and in his promises, even though I was knocked down, thank God I got up. So we understand that we have to respond to every situation in our life, every test, every trial, every adversity, We have to respond with the Word of God, and that's what our faith is waiting on. Our faith is waiting to be activated, to go into work in our lives. God is waiting based on what we're saying. So our faith is demanding a response from you and I so that God can be released in our life to do what His Word says He will do. Next, if we look in Hebrews chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, he says here, let us hold fast to our confession of faith, of our hope. You could say it that way without wavering for he who promised is faithful. So you see, when you know the word of God, a lot of times, you know, uh, and we've talked about this numerous times, but it, it, it bears repeating because it's one of the biggest ways, I think, that Christians miss out on miracles. They miss out on blessings. They, they miss out on what God has for them and God's promises because when they don't happen quickly, the Bible says when the seed is sown immediately, the devourer comes like a bird to take that seed. And you see, would you relate that to to planting, if a bird flies in into a field and picks the seed out of the ground and takes it away, then that seed cannot produce. It's been taken away. And when the word is sown into our lives immediately, see that lets you know that when you are believing God for something and when you get done praying or if you've had hands laid on you and you've, you've been prayed over, or you get done praying yourself, and immediately in your mind, them thoughts begin to come in. Well, God's not going to do that for me. God didn't hear me. Well, you know you, you know what you did the other night. God's not going to do that for you. Look at how you act. Those thoughts in your mind are the enemy trying to come in to, to stifle or steal that seed that you're believing God with, that faith that you're believing God, and then you begin to question yourself. So you have to understand when those thoughts come in, you have to say, no, Mr. Devil, God's word says, and you begin to quote the scriptures for whatever it is that you're believing God for. So when not only God hears our response, and activates our faith, you see the enemy's waiting to listen too. And when your faith is activated, it's like kicking the devil out of your life. It's kicking him out of that situation and out of your thought life. And that's why the Bible talks about to renew our minds. Be, us, be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, our minds, We, you can't go anywhere or if you watch any type of TV, read any newspaper articles, or just go around and be a part of the world, your mind sees how our world is and how people behave and how things are in the world. There's a a natural reality. And, you know, I, I think sometimes, you know, I've seen things go on and I've even looked at the way the world is going now with our uh, governments and with, uh, the, you know, just the, some of the silliness that is going on in our societies. How could I live? I would, I would really hate to live in this society today without having the hope that Jesus is coming soon without having the hope that his word says that in the last days, which we believe that that's what we're living in the last of the last days, but Jesus said, or God said, in the last days I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. He said that they would be the former rain and the latter rain. So you see, without having that hope, I, I would I would struggle in this world uh, because this world looks dark. It looks bleak. There, you know, inflation going on. There's wars, rumors of wars, and things going on constantly. Every time you turn around, there's a new conflict going on. Uh, you know, there are all these different things, banks crashing, all this stuff. But we have hope because no matter what happens in this world, God said he would supply all. That's every bit of it. All of our need. That's my need. And that's also yours. All of our need, not according to the world situation, but according to his riches in glory by christ jesus so we know that jesus his finished work gives us access to the riches in glory you see that that ought to excite you to know that the finished work of jesus not only give us salvation but it give me access to all the riches in glory and you see it's just like when you have a a bank account you know uh Husbands and wives, you know, most of the time you have a shared bank account. Uh, But even at that, when you go into the bank, you have to show identification. Identify who you are before you can go in and make a withdrawal. And you see, it's the same way. We have access to the bank accounts of heaven, to to the, the treasuries of heaven. And all we have to do is go to the throne. And show access, because the Bible says that we can come boldly before the throne and obtain mercy and grace in a time of need. You see, once we identify, then we can go in and we can make that withdrawal. And you see, all of that happens by faith. You know, and we've talked before, the Bible says every act of God concerning the earth is by faith. So whatever you're wanting God to do, you have to have faith. You have to believe it in your heart, and then begin to speak it. Because if you're not speaking it, then your faith is just sitting idle, waiting. And that's why that is important. That faith demands a response. And the other thing that you would you'll begin to understand is, as a believer, as a Christian, our desire should be to move higher uh, and higher from one level to the next. The Bible talks about going from glory to glory. And, you know, to move to a higher level is also moving to a higher level of faith, you know, and that's known as declaring. When you begin to declare things, you know, the Bible says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, people can get, you can get in the ditch with this. You know, I've heard people listen to the faith message before and they walk out, well, I'm believing God for a million dollars. Well, my question is, have you believed him for 50 yet? You know, have you believed him for 100? If you haven't believed him for the small yet, then don't be believing him for the million yet. You know, and people can get in a ditch with, with all different things. And even if you did believe him for a million dollars, what are you going to do with it? Is your main focus to, uh, to fund the ministry, to, to make sure that the gospel is spread all across the world in every area that it can be? You see, there has to be the right motives behind what is it that you're believing God for to whether your faith can be applied to it for you to receive it. And the biggest thing... I think besides that, that helps is we have to understand, and I believe this is one that we all get hung up on some, is we have to stop. Notice I said stop. We have to stop talking about our problem and start talking to our problem. You see, nothing will change until we begin to to talk to it. So you need to stop talking to everybody else about it and you need to start talking to your problem. And, you know, everybody I'm sure watching online knows somebody. Uh, I hope it's not any of you watching online, but if it is, listen to what I'm saying. If you're constantly talking to everybody else about your problems, then all you're looking for is pity. And not everybody that you talk to about your problem can help you. You see, if somebody can't help you other than to get beside you and pat you on the back and just get in your misery with you and just suck in it, then that's not who you want. You want to be able to share your heartaches, your concerns, and your problems with people that have strong faith that can give you God's word and say, hey, I know that it's it's rough right now. I know you're hurting right now, but let's look at what God's word says. And you see the Bible even says weeping may remain for a night. You see it's okay to shed tears. It's okay to, to be hurt about a situation. But He said, weeping may remain for a night, which is a period of time. He said, but rejoicing comes in the morning. And you see, a lot of times we get in a midnight situation. We get in a night situation where, you know, when it's dark, if you go into a room and it's completely blacked out, you can't see, then you don't know where the exit door is. You don't know where the way out is. And it causes anxiety. It causes fear. It causes worry, which leads to depression and which leads to sickness It just, it snowballs, but he says that there'll be times you're going to be in a nighttime situation. There's going to be times you're going to be in a situation where you weep, but he says if you'll just hold on, that means with faith, and if you'll continue to speak God's word, then when you you begin to speak that, see you activate your faith, and he says that, Weeping may remain for a night. So that means as long as I'm speaking God's word, the situation I'm in only remains for a period of time. But then he said, but rejoicing comes in the morning. That means that soon and very soon, there's a short period of time. If I just hold on and hold fast to my confession of faith, then joy rejoicing is come in the morning. You know, one of my big things is, and a lot of you that come to this church know that I'm very big on the importance of praise and worship. You know, a lot of times we, uh, in a lot of places, praise and worship is looked at as just preliminaries to the preaching. But praise and worship is a such a vital part of our Christian lives. And I believe that it is a vital part of building my faith. And you see another way to respond because faith demands a response is right in the middle of my situation. Instead of looking at my situation and looking at my mountain, I just look up to my God and I begin to worship and I begin to praise. Then you see that activates my faith and God begins to move. You know, it's a very familiar saying that people say, I've heard ministers say many a time, Stop telling God how big your mountain is and tell your mountain how big your God is. And you see, when we take that kind of mindset and we begin to apply the principles of God's word and faith in our lives, God begins to move. Yes, it may not be instant, but God is always an on-time God. He's never late. He's never early. He's always on time. And last week, two of the scriptures that that we talked about was um, Proverbs eighteen twenty and eighteen twenty one, and it talks about you know uh, choosing your words how because basically I'm just paraphrasing, but you know that that we have to eat the words that we say. Uh, you know, it, in modern day uh, vernacular, I believe you you know it would go back to uh every action has a concert or every consequence action however you say it, I forget but you know the things that you do, the things that you say, you know they have act or consequences to them. So in other words if you know husbands and wives I, I'm sure I'm not the only one but maybe uh when you and your spouse have been arguing, Have you ever said some words in the heat of the moment in frustration or in anger that as they're coming out, you're trying to pull them back. You're trying to pull them back because you know that you didn't mean them, but they're said. And once they're said, there's consequences, there's hurt feelings, there's, you know, bitterness, all these different things. So we have to be careful about our words. So instead of us speaking negative into a situation What happens when we begin to speak positive? You know, if you go to a doctor and you get a bad report, well, yeah, let's get the report from the doctor. We want to know what the doctor says, but I don't base the end result and I don't base how I'm going to uh, conduct my life based on what the doctor says. I'm going to do it based on the word of God. Because even if the doctor has, and I know people that the doctor has told, get your affairs in order and do this and that, but they're still here. And that was years ago. You know, it's lining up your words and your life with the word of God. And, you know, the, the passage of scripture that we, we talked about a lot last week was Proverbs eighteen twenty one, and where he says, death, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And what you have to take into, the, into thought here or into uh, subjection here is that what I speak now determines my tomorrow. So the words and the, the things that I speak now have an effect on my tomorrow. And, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of us that could look back and go, yeah, there's some things I said back then that I'm 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 paying the price for now, so it's always important to not be distracted by what the world says, not listening to what people say that are not giving you God's word, but what does God's word say? And that's what we have to speak. And I, I believe it, it's kind of like uh, uh, I'm I'm thinking of a good way. To relate this but like in gardening you know and many of you you plant gardens uh or some of you may not but you know about it uh but you know if you just plant uh, a seed in the ground even if the soil is good it takes a long a, a period of time for it to grow but if you fertilize it or put miracle grow on it what does that do It speeds up the process, and it makes it healthy and grow big. And you see what happens to your faith when you begin to speak, and then when you begin to praise and worship, it's like fertilize. It just puts it on it it, and it makes it grow faster, makes it happen quicker and respond. And the thing that you'll begin to understand is the longer and more that you walk in this, And the more you're basing your life and your situations off the word of God and not what's actually going on, then you'll find out that nothing really phases you because life happens. You know, uh, I've had people ask before, you know, so-and-so is a good person and look what happened to them. And then this other guy over here, he lives uh, like the devil and cusses so much it make a sailor blush. He don't ever have any problems, you know, and the Bible says that it rains on the just and the unjust alike. You see, the difference is life happens to all of us, but with the, with a believer, how do we handle it? Do we handle life according to whatever happens at that moment, a spur of the moment reaction of what you call a knee jerk reaction, or do we, handle it based upon what the word of God says. And some of you may say, well, yeah, but how do I know what God's word says about my situation? You have to read the Bible. You have to get in the word of, of God and dig into it yourself so that when things happen, the Bible says that the spirit will bring to our remembrance the word of the scriptures. I've, I've been ministering to people before and I've had scriptures come up, and I begin to quote them. I may be preaching or even times doing a podcast, and it may be a scripture I hadn't read in a, a good while and don't even remember necessarily reading it. But at some point, I had read it and meditated on it, and then the Spirit brought it to my remembrance. And when you get to doing that, then your life begins to be based, every aspect and every area, off of the Word of God. So we have to understand that, you know, our faith is is sitting idle, and I don't want my faith to sit idle. I want my faith to have action behind it. And how we do that is by what we say. Declaration is, is putting power in our mouth. And if you have faith, then something has to move in your life. What does the Bible say in Mark 11, 23 and 24? That's one passage of Scripture that you'll probably hear at least two or three times a month if you are associated with this, this church or this body watching this podcast because it is so powerful. Mark eleven twenty three and 24 says that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, you see that speaking because your faith demands that response. But he says, shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe those things that he says, he shall have whatever he says. You see, when I'm speaking it, if I believe that I'm going to have it, then the Bible says I shall, not maybe, not might, not if we uh, do a little, you know, what would they say, maybe in heaven they have a vote on it. It's not put to a vote or to a committee. It's put to the word of God. And if I speak it and I have scripture for it and I believe it, then my faith now goes into action and God begins to move and cause those things that were not to come into my life. And I believe that the more you understand the importance of faith, the more you build on that, the more you're going to see your prayers answered. You're going to see God begin to move into your life. And sometimes it's not only that God answers prayers, but sometimes that because your faith is so strong and you believe God and you've used it so much that you'll begin to hear a voice on the inside of you. Sometimes it'll say, no, don't do that. Don't go here. Don't go there. Don't say that. You know, I said this the other week, uh, and I'm sure many of you have done this, is you've typed out a response to somebody on a text message or on social media. You want to get in a, a keyboard world with somebody, and you type out this long response, and then right before you hit send, the Holy Spirit will tell you, nope, don't delete that, and you have to delete it. But that's because your faith is being used to believe that what you're hearing on the inside of you is the voice of God. It is the voice of the Holy Spirit. And he will lead you and guide you into all truth. That's in every area of your life. There's truths and faults in every area of your life. And when you look at what's going on in the world with the deception, you know, a lot of people, we we don't... We don't know the rights and wrongs anymore if we don't have the Word of God. You know, used to there was black and white. You had black and white areas. You know, you had this was right, this was wrong, and there was no discussion. It was just black and white, plain as could be, and simple. But now the world has turned away from black and white, right and wrong, to just a big gray area, to where, well, we we, we don't know if that's really right or wrong, because This person likes it, but this one don't. And, you know, you can get so misconstrued even in the church because even in the church, there's been false teaching, wrong doctrine taught, you know, silly doctrines that's got people scattered and and confused. And, you know, you've got the uh, hyper grace being taught that teaches that you can just live any way you want. And you see, when you get all this stuff going and you find yourself confused, then your faith is being held back. It's growing weak because it's not being built. Faith is, uh, I've heard ministers say this uh, many a many time: Faith is like a muscle. It grows depending on how you use it. Do you use it often or you just every once in a while use it? So, The more you use it, the stronger it gets. The stronger it gets, the easier. And I believe everybody watching, if you're saved and have been saved for any length of time, you have seen God do something in your life. You've seen him show up and show out in your life in one area or another in your life. Some of you, it may be one time. Some of you, it could be numerous. You know, if he's ever done it once, then your faith should be not wavering but activated through your speech because if he done it once, he'll do it again. You know, and that's where I was talking earlier about praise is it's easy to praise God for what he's done, but it's a whole other level and it takes faith to praise him for what he's not done yet but that you're believing him for. And that's activating and giving a response to your faith and makes it move. It makes it work. And, you know, you have to understand that if God is in you, then what comes out of your mouth should be based upon the Word of God. But if what's coming out of your mouth is negative, if what's coming out of your mouth is foul, perverted, and perverse, then I would say uh, you need to question yourself, is God in me or is somebody else in me? And you know, I always tell people that you you it's real easy to to judge, and I know a lot of people say, well, we're not supposed to judge. Well, that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother podcast. But I can judge somebody's walk with God, not based on how many scriptures they can quote, but just stand around and talk with them a little bit and listen to what comes out of their mouth. You see, if they're full of the word of God and full of faith, they're going to be full of positive and they're going to be full. Their words will be full of power and, you know, it'll draw you to it. But if they're not full of faith, you'll find out that it's a lot of that negative talk and you just, you, you get that heavy, just uh, nasty feeling around because why? Because there's doubt and unbelief. And you see doubt and unbelief is a block. It is a killer of faith, and that's what we have to make sure that we get out of our life because there's nothing, 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 nothing is impossible for God. Well, if nothing is impossible for God, then that means if I find scriptures for whatever I'm believing him for, then if I ask him for it, it's impossible for him not to give it to me. You see, that ought to excite you. There's nothing impossible for God. So that means if nothing is impossible, then if I line up my prayer with the word of God and I apply my faith to what I'm believing him for, there's nothing I ask him for that is impossible for him to do for me. And you see, that's why we have to put a response to our faith. We have to activate it by what we speak. You know, And any time you've prayed about something, believing God for something, and then you start questioning it, you have to tell you, nope, I'm not not going that route. God's word says I can have what I've asked for. God says that he's heard me when I pray. Immediately when it escapes my lips and even before, God knows my thoughts. And he has heard my request, and he is going to do what it is I've asked him to do. And God, I thank you that you're doing it. When you turn your voice that way, now you're decreeing and declaring, not only for God to hear, but for the enemy. So the enemy goes, oh, no, he's quoting scripture. I can't do nothing with him. I can't do nothing with her. Every time I try to attack her mind, she's battling me back with the word of God. You see, our our word, the word of God, it says it cuts like a two-edged sword. That means any way you, you sling it, it's cutting. And that's what you need to understand is your faith is what activates that by and being able to use it and believe that what I say God is working to do. The only thing between you and a miracle is you releasing the power of God out of your mouth because faith demands a response. You may be sitting here tonight going, well, you just don't understand what it is I'm believing God for. I'm here to tell you tonight, if you'll get serious with God and you'll get in his word, not once a week, not on Sunday mornings, and just wait till the pastor and the the presentation team throws it on the screen, but you get in the word of God for yourself, make it personal and you begin to find scriptures for what you're believing for, and then you begin to speak that into the atmosphere. You see, your words have power. Just as God spoke into the world and created heaven and earth, he created light, he created the waters, he created everything that we see, we have creative power in our mouth. And the enemy is trying to tell you that what you're speaking is not going to work. What you've asked God for, He cannot do. But I come to tell you that your faith is sitting waiting and it demands a response. And when you speak, then I see, it's like I see it in the spirit realm. Your faith begins speeding in to your future to, to pull together all the things that you need. And they're bringing them to you so that you can understand that when I ask God for something, He is faithful and just to perform his word. His word will not return unto him void. So when you have the word, you have the promise. You have the assurity, the guarantee, like we talked about last week. You have that guarantee that God will perform what he said he would do in your life. So guys, remember, don't just pray about it and then walk away. Your faith demands a response. I'm not saying you go to God whining and crying and pleading all the time, but just begin to thank him. Begin to quote those scriptures in your life daily about what you're believing God for. Begin to praise him. Just bust out in some praise and worship sometimes when you begin to think the opposite. God, I thank you that you're doing it. I thank you that you're going to perform your word in my life. And God, I thank you that I'm going to be a testimony of the blood of Jesus and what you've done in my life. Because when I do that, I now become an overcomer. And I don't know about you, but boy, I sure like to be an overcomer. Well, listen, guys, we're going, it's a little shorter tonight, uh, but I'm not going to prolong this. I I give you enough. I want you to just take the rest of the time uh, that you usually spend listening to me ramble, but take the rest of that time and really think about, what level is your faith? Where is your faith walk with God right now? And and I even suggest maybe get you a pen and pad and begin to write down how you could change and strengthen your faith. Think about some areas of your life to where, oh, this area, I, I need to change my confession. You know, look at every area of your life, financial, in your health, in your relationships, all of these areas. Look at those and line them up. How am I speaking into those things? How am I acting? How do, uh, how am I perceived by what I say? Because you'll find out that when you line up your life with the Word of God in every area and you speak faith into it, it has to work according to the Scriptures and according to the Word of God. Now, listen, guys, I appreciate every one of you being on here tonight. Uh, If you hadn't done it yet, hit the like button. You can hit the share button and put it on all your social media platforms. Help us get the word of God out. There's people in this world that are dying, that are lost, that have no hope, that have no victory. And they need to know that they have a savior that loves them, that died for them, and wants to give them the very best, that not the earth and not the world, but that heaven has to offer. So you can do that by sharing this on all your platforms. Remember we're on all major podcasts. You can go back and listen to it that way, uh, on your way to work, in your car or whatever. But it's just different ways we can do our part to share the gospel of Jesus Christ so we can see people's lives changed by the power of God. We won't have podcasts next week. It's uh the Fourth of July week, but we just say that each of you take just a little time next week thank god for america he's not done with this country it may look dark but god is not done with america we were put here for a purpose we were put here for a reason to spread the gospel of jesus christ all over the world like no other nation has ever done before and i believe even though it looks bleak there is a revival coming to this country like we've never seen before, that's never been recorded before. God is about to move in this nation that, and it's going to be in a way that's going to blow our minds. So get ready for it. It's a reason for celebration. It's a reason for being excited. So remember this 4th of July as you celebrate your freedom, remember the ultimate one that sacrificed his life so that you and I don't have to live in bondage, but we can live free serving him for the rest of eternity. Guys, we love you. Happy 4th of July next week. And we'll see you the week after. God bless.